0: to another episode of block talk i'm your host as always michael block if you love the podcast make sure you subscribe wherever you to a podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a five star review while you're there we love a link tree because it's got all the ways you can help support block talk Visit Linktree.com slash MichaelBlockTalk to click on the links. We've got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise from t-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes, available in a variety of styles. Another link is all the platforms you can listen to the podcast. Plus links to PayPal, Venmo, and buy me a coffee should you feel the desire to tip a host. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC and visit TheAdminNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. We're about to get all wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey as we talk all things Doctor Who. And joining me into the universe is Anthony, Daniel, and Precious. Hello! Welcome to the show! Hello! Hi. Friends, so you're, you're probably seeing this in your feed and you're like, what the hell is this? Why are we talking Doctor Who? This is not Drag Race. No, it's not, but... With Doctor Who set to return with three 60th anniversary specials and a brand new series with a brand new Doctor, I wanted to introduce the franchise to potential new viewers. And one of the reasons of this podcast viewers listening might be because, well, the upcoming series has revealed that Drag Race superstar Jinx Monsoon is set to appear in a, quote, major role. So we are going to go through time and space and help you understand a little bit about Doctor Who so you don't get lost in space now to begin i want to know what everyone how everyone got into doctor who let's start with anthony
1: um it's i wish i had a better story um shout out to just a friend um ashley lapine who uh knew how much of a geek that i am and was like hey geek here's a geek thing that you're gonna geek out on uh and they were right now i was like what what are you talking about and and literally, you know, one episode into Eccleston, run. I'm like, and I'm in. Give give me all the things. So yeah, that's that's how I got here and did not look back.
0: Daniel?
2: Uh, well, my fiance was actually a really big Whovian, um years ago um, when the new series was in the middle of airing. I want to say probably around 11th Doctor time. Um, but it wasn't until we started dating, which was I don't know. I have to, it had to have been twelfth or thirteenth Doctor time, but um, they started actually only a couple years ago rewatching the series, and then I came in along, and they went backwards and watched with me. So I actually had to get through Eccleston for it to really lock in for me. It wasn't until Tenant that it, that I that it actually solidified for me. But I got um, I got maybe halfway through season two or series two of New Who. Um, and my fiance and I went to um, Gallifrey One uh, for the first time, and that culture and that experience is what really locked it in, and we binged the whole rest of the series from there.
0: Precious, what about you? Um,
3: I think I, I think it's one of those things. I'm child of the '80s, so I think Doctor Who's kind of like been in the cultural, like pop cultural zeitgeist for a while, so it's always been like around. And I managed, I used to manage a comic book store when I lived in San Francisco. So it was like, so it would be brought up every so often. And I think around, I think I didn't start watching until Smith's run. That's when I was like, you know what, let me give this show a try. And I probably Netflix the first season. And it took, it took took it took a minute before I got hooked. But then it was like smooth sailing catch myself up to where it was and then the whole all right it's aired in the bbc when can i watch it in america
0: mm-hmm. so for me about 10 years ago my um old roommates were watching it because they wanted to watch it it was on netflix i didn't really sit down and watch it with them but like i would listen in and the, i would watch an episode or two and be like what the hell is this and it didn't stick for me because it was mostly because I didn't want to sit and watch with them because they would just talk through it. I was like, that's not fun. <laughs> so I guess it was like two, two and a half years ago, I was going through binge watching a lot of British television and I'm obsessed with... Um, Catherine Tate a little bit a little bit um so i was watching some of her stuff then you fall into the rabbit hole and then you get to david tennant and you're like wait these two do things together and then you start into doctor who and you are stuck forever and ever um so uh, pete me being a little excited for the things that are about to come let me ask you the hardest question this may be hard it may be easy who is your favorite doctor and then follow up who is your favorite companion doesn't have to be with the same doctor Let's start with Precious.
3: Um, I think you know who my favorite companion is based on this picture mm-hmm. behind me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I am a Donna Noble Stan. She is everything. And I'm so happy that I get to see her on my screen again. Um I think, yeah, I think Tenant was what solidified who for me. Um, so I think tenant is still has like top place as my favorite doctor.
0: Okay, Daniel
2: um i don't know it has to be matt smith i guess i maybe it's just because i'm a doctor cosplayer but i just love him so much um tenant is what locked in my interest in the series but matt smith is what um is the doctor i fell in love with i think a close 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 number two is jody though god i love her mm-hmm, so much mm-hmm. and then um my favorite companion it's so hard. Be- best companion is Donna Noble. That's uh, I got. I gotta say, my favorite companion is Donna. I think her relationship with the Doctor is my favorite relationship dynamic on the show.
0: Anthony,
1: um, I'm gonna roll with Martha Jones because I'm rooting for everyone black. Um, I stay rooting for everyone black, but uh, but no joke. Um, I. I I always I mean similar answer, but I love her relationship with the doctor. Um mm-hmm. and that is arguably my favorite uh ending of a season. Um God, I love the master rolling out in there. Like all of that is so much fun. Um and then my favorite doctor, yeah, I oof, oof I don't know. That that one's really hard. I because we're doing just knew who, just because we're doing just knew who, I guess I gotta give it to surprisingly to Matt Smith. Um I was not a fan when I first watched, and then on a rewatch, I was like, oh, that's good. That's real good. Um also just uh because we're here for the we're here for the geeky fun tidbits, but he was the first doctor since the first doctor who didn't have a doctor. Like he was the first doctor who didn't watch a doctor, um, and didn't have someone that they that he modeled or was like, this is what it Mm -hmm. should be. And um, I think that's shows and it's also really beautiful um yes absolutely so i'm gonna give it up for matt
0: um i probably will say my number one doctor is uh david tennant again i love david tennant um but again because i was doing the whole bingy bingy thing i love the show Broadchurch. so i have an affinity for jody whitaker um and obviously there's other uh Whovians who are going to be a part of Broadchurch. obviously um rory is part of that world Um, My favorite companion, obviously, is going to be Donna Noble. I love Catherine Tate so much. But I'm going to say, we're going to talk about her later on, but I think my second favorite is probably the most underrated, and I don't know why we didn't have more time with Bill, but she's fabulous.
1: Bill was a good companion, yeah. Sorry, this was me snapping with the (laughs) B button on.
0: But yeah, so we're going to talk about all these fun things. So again, if you're new to this, you're like, what are you talking about? We're going to guide you through it. So let's give you a brief synopsis of what is Doctor Who. Well, Doctor Who is a British science fiction television series broadcast by the BBC since 1963. The series depicts the adventures of a time lord known as the Doctor, an extraterrestrial being with two hearts who appears as a human. The Doctor explores the universe in a time-traveling spaceship called the TARDIS. Now, because this is British telly, we're probably going to jump between the words series and season quite a bit. They're essentially the same word, um, the Brits, just like the word series, just to make us feel like we don't know what we're talking about. So if you get confused, just understand that's the same thing. Now, as of October 23rd, 2022, there have been 871 episodes that have aired. This includes 300 stories, over 39 seasons, a made-for-TV movie, and multiple specials. The original series debuted on November 23rd, 1963, running for 26 series from 1963 until 1989. The Doctor was played in order of this series from William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, John Pertwee, Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy. There was the TV movie debuting in May of 1996, where the Doctor was played by Paul McGann. The revival began on March 26, 2005, and we will discuss the specifics of the revival Doctor Who in a moment. Now, the iconic theme song was written by Ron Grainer. Since the revival began, composer Murray Gold was has provided his take off in creating new arrangements for each new series. And I've decided that if I ever become a DJ, I'm going to play every... Midnight, the Doctor (laughs) Who theme song, but like an electronic version of it because I just think that's a fun way to get drunk people to dance, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Can confirm. Now, there are Two eras, Doctor Who is broken up into the original era and or the revival era, so old who, new who. In between the two eras, many characters, stories, and lore have been shared, and continuity, not always the greatest, as super fans can point out, uh, some things that really don't line up, but the showrunners do their best to make sure that doesn't happen because, like every fandom, the fans are going to call you fucking out. There have been a plethora of spin-offs, whether in print or or tv or podcast or book but the official spinoffs include *Canon and company torchwood the sarah jane adventures sarah jane's alien files and class did anyone watch any of those series
2: only like a season of torchwood so far
0: yes yeah, I, I did like... yeah go ahead
3: i did torchwood i haven't seen like the one that was on stars uh, that came out like a couple years ago. Uh, so I'm I've I just li- I literally finished catching myself up with Doctor Who like last night because I I like they finally all came up on the HBO Max. I was like slowly going through Whitaker mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, now this is my reason to finally catch up before um, uh, the special. So I did Torchwood through uh, without the last one. Uh, Sarah Jane Adventures is really good and it's it's fun like kids' mysteries in a way. Um, totally and agree. I did and class, which had actually some promise, uh, but it just didn't like take off at all.
0: Now, uh, if there was, yes, uh, yeah, go ahead, go
1: ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, uh, same page. I watched watched all the things. Um, when I go down a rabbit hole, I go down <laughs> a rabbit hole. Um, so I watched all the th- I totally agree about the adventures of Sarah Jane Smith. Uh, I was like, oh, Doctor Who for the Disney Channel, and then you know, Doctor Who's gonna be on the Disney Channel, maybe. Um, but. <laughs> But for sure for sure um yeah, absolutely and, and I agree with class is same uh, same thing as well. It was like mm-hmm. Torchwood was super dark who uh, and then there was Disney who and then you're like, all right, so we're like flavors of who and I'm not against it. <laughs> Give me all of it thanks
0: so if if we're gonna have uh, Doctor Who on Disney plus, does that mean like Donna Noble's a princess? Can she be a Disney princess?
3: Now? <laughs> no, the doctor's a princess. <laughs>
0: But honestly, here's the pitch that I've wanted desperately now that Disney's going to have it acquired. The Epcot Pavilion could use a TARDIS. Just saying.
1: Stop it. The TARDIS TARDIS is what gets you from place to place. I mean...
0: (laughs) I mean, listen. The amount of photo ops that people would take with the fucking TARDIS, I think it's necessary. Disney, if you're listening, I'll give you that one. You don't have to pay me for it. Um... Let's go through some lore a little bit. What is a Time Lord? And th- this is a fun one. The Time Lords are a fictional ancient race of extraterrestrial people. They are so named for their command of time travel technology. Originally, they were described as a powerful and wise race from the planet Gallifrey. The Time Lords were said to have been destroyed during the last great Time War. All right. Who wants to expand on the Time Lord? Anyone have anything else to add for that? that that's basically your Wikipedia answer
2: we have two hearts i the time lords are such a complicated species in the in the like universe it's it's just crazy how extensive and far and beyond complicated they are we and ever since the what was it the timeless child we have even more bigger questions about exactly who they were and how they function so mm-hmm. it's
3: such a complicated question <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you have the time lords up and through capaldi and then you have like a new um like retcon that came with whitaker um especially with like the last like two seasons um yeah so you kind of every it was i felt like what they did in the last two seasons was everything you thought you knew about time lords were going to like throw on your head um essentially they were limited to 12 regenerations and then during Smith's run, you realize that they had a, a another um, ring uh, regeneration that was forgotten. And so, and then they, I can't write, I vaguely, there's a lot of stuff that just like, like just blags out. There was a way, the reason why Capaldi and Whitaker were able to happen was because there was like a new regeneration cycle was given to Matt Smith. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then you find out with Whitaker that apparently she's kind of unlimited regenerations
2: essentially yeah we find out with whitaker that, that there's there's any any number of regenerations that we have
1: still yet to see any number of doctors from any point in time that we still don't know uh can i also throw in here i'm sorry i know we're sticking to new who here so i apologize go we're only 20 minutes in and i'm gonna, and i'm out here derailing everything but um <laughs> I think also because people, you know, we, whenever we talk about, you know, none of us, three of us are huge fans and no one was all like, Eccleston's my guy. I think I'm going to tie all this <laughs> in together, I promise. Uh, I think that Eccleson get, doesn't get a lot of love, but he was super important to be the thread between old and new who. Because would you believe that the idea of the Doctor being the last of the Time Lords is all new who? Like that, like, it was not even a concept in the old in the old show like the whole time war is the thing that happened in between old and new who yeah. um and so this idea of like the last one of his people of of their people forgive me sorry a thousand times the last one of their people um is is all new and like you you know you needed that guy who's like running you literally that guy who's like let's get out of here to be the to be that that through line um yes so Oh, sorry. The point of the point of all of that is like it's interesting to note that the Time Lords uh, were just oh were some people in space until mm-hmm. Nuhu, and then it was like oh no 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 you're like battling the last Time War, and it's a whole different thing in Nuhu.
0: Now, obviously, we're discussing a lot about the word regeneration, and that is very difficult to comprehend for new viewers because like how are different actors playing the role because that's how you're able to keep a show going and going and going Mm -hmm. obviously originally if you look at how it was always written it was always um a man turning into a new man not necessarily the case anymore and it's no longer a white man turning into a white man it doesn't have to be based on race or gender anymore and so now it's more of a discussion of one personality into another personality um what would you say is the process of a regeneration obviously you can watch the the compiled clips on youtube of all the regenerations and it's a lot of fun and very sad you cry and then you're like no i get this person now then you cry because they're about to leave also Mm -hmm. describe a regeneration for the uninitiated it's essentially it's so it's
2: The way the show presents it is it's kind of as though the doctor's ending or nearing the end of their life um, in a certain sense, but not in a natural way. It's it's almost like the doctor takes so much damage in in like video game terms. (laughs) The doctor Mm -hmm. takes like so much damage and they have to use regeneration energy to keep themselves alive. And the more energy they use, eventually they have to use all of it to go into their next their next cycle of their life which would be a new doctor a new actor a new personality too
1: mm.
0: nice. now obviously nice. when you regenerate um you get a you get a new face but you also get a new costume um do you, does anyone have a favorite costume uh in the history of doctor who
2: Find the episode it's from it's the it's the 11th doctor like purple like three-piece like tweedish suit you know what I'm talking about I think it's from mm-hmm. one of the Christmas specials uh I forget which one though but that, that one's probably my favorite like doctor outfit
0: <laughs> I love Jody's I mean I did a Jody for um Halloween last year like it was a lot of fun it's a really cool look uh so I- I'm excited by hers Anthony what about you do you have a favorite
1: uh absolutely um it's actually i'm sorry i'm kicking it old school on this one but it's it's a tom baker uh that giant scarf that super Mm -hmm. long scarf makes me super duper happy and then uh, i'm i'm cheating but he does show up in the 50th the 50th uh anniversary of course which is my birthday as well um and yeah i know right um but yeah no (laughs) i it's uh, it's all about the long scarf for me I'm i'm a big fan no, that scarf is
3: iconic. That's why it's like you associate that scarf with Tom Baker. Like a lot of the early who's all had like something like the second doctor had his flute. You had the the celery on the, the celery. Uh, one of the doctors. Celery. And then the, the, what was it? The, the vest with the question marks, the Amarillo question hat. marks. So yep, you had, yep. you had doctors who had like their quintessential piece, like, or we know, like we associate Fez hats with the 11th doctor um, And I, right now, just because it's so fresh in my head. The fugitive doctor's outfit is just so, like, mm, that I'm like, yes. It's just, like, it's, like, it's, like, boss bitch energy. And I just, like, I'm like, yes. This, yes. It's, like, I take no shit from no one. And, like, and she's the one I'm, like, I know that they've done stories on her. Where I'm, like, going, I kind of want to dive into her. Because she, look like, just seems like a fascinating, like, no connected the rules type of doctor. She's incredible. So, and
2: actress, Joe Martin, is wonderful choice to play mm-hmm. her, too. Oh, she was amazing. So, for those
0: who are like, I thought the doctors numbered. Well, no, no, there, there are two that we are aware of there's the war doctor, there's the fugitive doctor. Um, it goes around with the lore, and you're like, wait, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, why? What do I need to learn? Essentially, they're um, in the series, they've appeared a couple times. I, again, I think the uh, fugitive doctor would be a really cool spinoff, and I'm sure if they could have the budget to do it, they would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it would probably just destroy time and space. <laughs> it's How would whole you describe those of it be two characters? How would you Wobbly. describe those two characters in the world of the doctors we currently have?
3: I think with the war doctor, it was a creation that ne- that was screen. kind of like, I need to get things done and I can't do it like with the I think the doctor kind of had his own his 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 morals and senses of things that he would not do. And the Ward doctor essentially was, you're gonna do what I can't do. And that's and and that's what the creation ended up being. So where he took came in between two doctors and that's why you kind of and it also kind of explained a little bit more on when you meet nine that you're like, I kinda get him a lot more. After meeting the war doctor, and with the fugitive doctor, it's essentially an early regener- early version of the doctor that even the doctor never knew about. So it's kind of like, and she just seems to be like, I just like a badass.
1: I'm just gonna yes end that to to say that like they are, I'm they're adjectives to the word doctor, right? Yeah. Like, the doctor is always a doctor. The doctor is always, I even, I have this quote from Moffat here that I'll bring up later. But, like, the doctor is always someone who wants to help. And then there are these two parts of the doctor that, like, what does a doctor do in the worst of times in the time of war when, like, help might not look like what you think help looks like? And they have to make hard decisions, which is exactly Mm -hmm. what the war doctor is about. And the fugitive doctor is like, what does a reckless like reckless help look like which can maybe you know it can maybe lead to bad things um it's just like recklessly helping everywhere and you're like well it sounds like a good idea but like is it but is it but is it mm-hmm. so i would say there are adjectives to the doctor
0: now we're talking about the time lord known as the doctor but you got to get around somehow and that device is the tardis it is a blue british police box that is bigger on the inside um is it a spaceship it is a time machine can it be both what would you say is the tardis and is there a favorite tardis interior uh because i feel like it gets better every time
3: (laughs) they do the interiors get better um i think the tardis can look like whatever it wants to so the version that we have is the police blue police call box but it can be a house a tree we've seen it be like many different things um essentially yeah it's it's a spaceship that is able to travel in time that is like kind of like its own little nexus because it's just huge like
0: and it's got a pool it's got a pool mhm <laughs> and and, uh, and a
3: wardrobe
1: has got a wardrobe in there someplace. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. There's a, there's, a, there's a whole mall
1: somewhere in there that you can shop at. Can can I say I know we're not on to episodes yet, but I will I mean my one of my favorite episodes of all of of all time is the Doctor's wife uh which is all mm-hmm. about the doctor's connection with the with the TARDIS and I love it so so much. And it's also a shout out to uh, one of the show's early showrunners and a creator of a writer of 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 oh my gosh um, my favorite book The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Douglas Nancy yes. Adams um, so it was also a little tribute to him but I adore that episode so much because it's like with all of the companions that you know the, the Doctor has countless companions and it's like this the consistent companion is Tardis another consistent companion
0: to the Doctor is the thing that helps the doctor get out of every situation. It's the Sonic screwdriver. Um, Mm -hmm. As well, it changes with each one. If you wanted the 14th Doctor's Sonic, uh, you you can't get it. I want it so badly. You want it. It sold out within seconds and crashed the website (laughs) that it was on. Um, How would you describe a Sonic, and do you think the Sonic screwdriver is a little too powerful?
2: Yeah, it's it's well. One thing, (laughs) the sonic screwdriver is like the Swiss Army knife of Time Lords, and specifically the Doctor. And it's so multifaceted, and sonic technology can evidently do just about anything you need it to do, um, except kill people because it's not a weapon, which I like. I think that's an important Mm -hmm. distinction of the sonic screw 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 people. My God, screwdriver that I think is really interesting (laughs) about about the doctor, like he doesn't carry, he doesn't do guns or weapons, generally speaking. It's it's a tool for fixing and for helping.
0: Love that, love that. Let's talk about some allies and some villains. We're going to begin with Unit, who is the fictional military organization whose purpose is to investigate and combat paranormal and extraterrestrial threats to Earth, and Torchwood, who is the secret organization established in 1879 by Queen Victoria directed to defend Earth against supernatural and extraterrestrial threats. Do we like one over the other? Do we do we how do we feel about Unit and Torchwood?
3: I think I like Torchwood more just because We got the show on it and so we were able to like uh kind of see that there's like you kind of need that organization that like will do the dirty work that needs to get done um where unit Mm. just still feels very militaristic um Mm. i think having i do think the more recent incarnation of unit being led by kate um i think is better um but yeah, I think it's because Unit was such a big part of what, like the second and third Who, like back in like the 60s. So it was, I think, very much like, yep. kind of like, you know, very, very different, very different time um, mm-hmm. where Unit's like comes and goes nowadays. But it's not, I don't think it has as big of a place. Um, but then you have Martha was a part of Unit. So you do see that like, as like, uh, as time, as companions evolve, they kind of, you know, move on to other facets of uh, the Who universe to continue on the fight um, to keep Earth safe
0: now obviously think- Torchwood is something that is their own series but a lot of the origin came in um, the early new Who um, Daniel what are we going to say
2: Oh, I was just going to say Unit kind of gives me S.H.I.E.L.D. vibes
0: Yeah if we're making like oh. comparisons
2: because it's yes, like yes. It's not always doing the right thing, but mm-hmm. it is generally a good aligned organization. But um, being and, like, a and it military... always and it
3: always thinks it's doing the right thing
1: yep. for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Correct, just, yeah. correct. Well, um, also, I, I guess
3: I should also say like there were kind of two different Torchwoods because you, as you mentioned, Torchwoods was established with Queen Victoria. Um, And you do meet a version of Torchwood in the second season of who or series of who um, that is different from the Torchwood that is run by Jack Hartness and his crew that like play into, I believe, series three onward for a bit uh, for that window of time that that series was out. So you do get like two different versions. And I would say probably like early Torchwood was probably a little bit more in lines of like we're uh, probably a little bit different than the Torchwood that we Saw and kind of, I guess, in a way, I guess we fell in love with that tortured best because of, I would say, because of Captain Jack.
1: Now yeah, let's a talk guy. about the, the, the villains <clears throat> and the baddies.
0: Um, we're going to start off with the perennial baddie, the one who, who you, if you're going to be the Doctor, you got to have a rival. Let's talk about the Master, who is an old friend and old foe, has faced the Doctor throughout several life cycles, and like the Doctor, can regenerate to various versions um, I feel like my favorite version of the Master is Missy, but like that's a whole acting situation like absolutely agree. Is brilliant. Just Missy really. is very
2: Missy is very camp.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I think it's, it's honestly, like M- Michelle Gomez plays her so well that I don't know if any if they would have cast anyone else if it would have worked. but she right. it works so well. and uh, in a way, it's like the master's has master's always been like flamboyant in, in, in his in his ways. And you you see that like when you when he re-emerges in series three, you get that from um O in series thirteen in series um, like twelve, that you know, over, kind of this over the topness. And I just felt like Missy was like the perfect like embodiment of being like be gay and let's have fun, you know.
0: And then you have the master turn into Rasputin and dance to um Boney M, which is just you want to talk that about camp? That was nothing camp.
3: That was here. P- that was pure camp, pure camp.
0: I have predicted, and I might be very wrong. Maybe it's just me wanting to make sure Jinx Monsoon on my screen the entire th- time. I think Jinx Monsoon is going to be the next iteration of the master. Okay. When you say a major role, what other things could it be? I don't know. That's mm-hmm. my thought. I mean, Am her I costume
2: gives me no. Her costume gives me like. Eccentric middle school music teacher vibes, and <laughs> I'm like, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. If she does end up being the master, holy, good golly hell! Well, I love that. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. It could happen. We could all dream.
3: <laughs> well, I know right. she. I know she has a, a really good connection to uh, Russell T Davies. So you know, yep. that's let's definitely talk true.
0: about our. Um some of the villains obviously there's many many monsters who have been through this series but let's talk about some of the bigger ones that um the fandom should know about obviously the daleks their iconic screeching voice and plunger of death weapons have stood the test of time and made them one of the most iconic alien races and villains in all of sci-fi they are best known for their catchphrase exterminate
1: exterminate
0: why are we so Terrified of Daleks on the show, but we see them and they're like, These are stupid tin robots that are like patrolling the New York City subways. Well,
2: that's the thing. And if they proven themselves, they've proven themselves to be so because you would look at it and you'd think, like, oh, why am I scared of this thing that can't climb stairs? But like they've proven themselves in their first iteration that they are extremely dangerous and extremely capable, and they are representatives of fascism. Which is another mm-hmm. thing. So, like, it's it's mm-hmm. very, um, it's multifaceted in, in in how evil they are and how effective they are at exterminating. And it's it makes them terrifying. Even though looking at them, they're kind of goofy.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and also shows that the longevity of the fact that they were created and produced and put in what the second episode of the series, like they were brought on. So early on the original series back in '63 that they and they still have staying power. I did. I don't know if it's if it's true or not, but I think Davies did say that he does feel the dialects do need a rest because he does feel like they've been overused as of late. um So it would be. I'm like, and it does feel like sometimes I'm like, you know what? I like a good dialect story here and there, and there have been a couple good ones which I think I, I made notes on for um, for like our notable episodes. Uh, but it does feel like, you know what, it'd be nice to kind of, like, you have a series that has um, that has this long history, and it does feel like the same, like, three villains have been populating uh, the new Who universe more than anyone else. Where it's like, you know what, it would be nice to kind of see something else that, like, might be old to, uh, to some older viewers, but would be new to me.
0: Right.
1: Uh, but do we, did anyone, sorry, did anyone, has anyone been watching closely today? today in the date uh-huh. on the time that we are recording. Yes, in fact. Okay, cool. I was I was like, I don't know. Should I tell everyone
0: should I show everyone beforehand? But yeah, go for it.
1: They they dropped a little they dropped a little um uh, episode today of uh 14, which is tenant still coming back uh like at the origin of the Daleks and it explains explains the plunger hands and a bunch of uh, the name Dalek. It was it was very, mm-hmm. very cute as as all things, uh as all things he does are. Um, but I, I think you're t to- I think you're both completely right. They represent fascism. Also, if we're gonna talk camp, if I can talk about like my first camp love, there's a real strong aspect of professional wrestling to why we fear the Daleks to be. It's like the fear that you give the thing. You're like, it's not actually scary. This doesn't actually make sense mm-hmm. unless I give it that fear. And then it's like, what? That is the most devastating thing I've ever seen in my entire life. How will they possibly live? And he's like, that's the power that you give it. And I think mm-hmm. that's the power of the show that, you know, that, I mean, for all intents and purposes, in its origin, had the budget of, you know, of, of Wayne's World. Like, not the real Wayne's World movie, but like, the idea of a, <laughs> a public, the idea of a public access show in Ohio, you know, like it ha- it really didn't have uh much of much in the way of of money and it kept the same budget for the vast majority of its of its life and it was like how do we make this work and it's like well you make it work by like saying that it's scary and showing that it's scary without the budget um and I love it. and right. you know that's camp that's basic and I'm here for it.
0: Well, let's continue with the ten people it's the Cybermen they huh. seek to conquer the galaxy and upgrade all of its inhabitants turning them into more soulless Cybermen. Um, they've gotten more of an upgrade uh, when it comes to their look over the series. Um, what are our thoughts, Cybermen?
2: I, mean, I think they gave Bill the most horrific um, spoiler possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. They're one of those, like... I think when they first appeared, I, I really liked them, but they are also another one where it's like, over time, you're like, uh, I'm kind of like, can we think of anything new? Like the most recent incarnation of them that we saw in like series um, 12, and then for the, uh, the last special, was an interesting take on them um especially having like oh, what was his name uh, i forgot the character's name that was like still you could still see the human in him like he was mm-hmm. ascend like uh descend getting rid of the human parts to be all robot i think that was like the one of the scariest versions of it like the lone cyberman that was like a good incarnation of them um but yeah it's like they're like with the dialects it's like they've been used a lot where it's like it'd be nice to kind of like We get that they bring for um, a sense of fear for the companions, especially uh, whenever they do the occasional bring someone back and they see an old an old villain. Um, But it is one of those things where it's like it's like it's nice. You've done your job, but like, you know, you could rest, too. Let's 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 see what else is out in the universe that like that wants to dominate and destroy and turn civilization
1: into nothing, you know. Let's yeah, that's
0: something to go
1: ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just there's something interesting about them being human. Oh, mm-hmm. I think it's a very interesting incarnation about them versus the Daleks, but but yeah, totally agree where it's like, I mean, you know, I think whatever you do with them should we need a break and the next approach should probably be uh different. Shouldn't be like a physical being maybe it's more of a more cerebral attack of like, wait, this is what humanity's like, you know, you're always yeah. Worried about protecting Earth from the aliens, and like, what about protecting Earth from the humans?
0: Let's go from tin to stone. The Weeping Angels. These oh. melting statue-like humanoids can kill people with a single touch and can only move when they're not being looked at, including when people blink. They kill their victims by sending them back in time to live out their lives peacefully while being dead in the present. They then oh. feed on their victims to keep themselves alive. Now, for those who don't realize, the Weeping Angels are new Who villains. Why are these really the most terrifying of all the monsters? Because
3: they time displace you. It's not it's it's they don't kill you. They just they time displace you to like a different point in time and then feed off that energy that you like that you of your lost life, which is freaky. Um and the fact that didn't they turn the the Statue of Liberty into a stone angel into a weeping angel at some point, too? So you're yeah. like it, it's one of those things where especially like they're as the weeping angels like the more lore that they have been given it's like it's it's they've become like a it's a massive army like any creepy statue could be a weeping angel it's
1: that that's why they're terrifying because they're because like you've never seen a cyberman in real life and you've never seen uh, Dialect in real life, but you sure as shit have drawn, have driven past a uh, graveyard <laughs> and seen mm-hmm. an angel statue with it, and you're like, no you're like, that is real. That mm, 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 mm. well, um, especially too,
3: because is- when you first see them, it's just that usually most of the time, it's their hands are covering their face, and then you like, and it's one of those things where you're not like, it's it's also it's an enemy that is that you you're not thinking it's an enemy until you start until you have that moment where you're like, wait, is it moving? And then it's like you have that moment of that fear of like I have to keep my eyes on you until I can be safe, and even then you're like just a quick little like turn or just like that small whiver in your eye, and it's like boom, you're gone. Don't blame
2: they're the Perfect jump scare player.
3: machine. But yeah. they,
2: they're. In a, I think their introduction to this, like, because like, they're probably like we're we're mentioning them in the same conversation as the Daleks and the Cybermen, which is an, a tribute to how popular and how like terrifying and effective they are as villains i think what's also scary is like they're not really in it to like conquer like the universe this that, and the other they just want to feed off of the energy of this of essentially ruining or or like taking you away from everything you've ever loved and, and putting you in a place where you you have no one you've been nowhere and and feeding on the energy of the life that you would have lived like it's terrifying because they're they are in it to they're like they're cosmic entities and they're in it for their own they're just they just feed off of you they they're not there to conquer anything they don't have a set goal other than to to feed which is terrifying mm-hmm. in of itself
0: two more humanoid creatures that I want to bring up um in this category are the ood and the subtarans uh because they they've had their place and they're just weird fucking creatures the oud are one of the more naturally peaceful villains they are recognized by their squid-like features and are telepathic communicate through a handheld orb attached to their tentacles the sotarans are a race of warrior potato-like people and they're much bigger threat than their statue stature they have fantastically thematic weakness a port on the back of their armor that means they must always face their foes head on which do we like better the oud or the sotarans well, I don't see the... The thing is, I don't ever really see the Ood as villains. They had, like, that one
3: villain story. But every time you see them again, they're, like... They're just kind of, like, there as a character. Like, you have the occasional, like, Fair. creepy Ood where the Centaurans are, like... They're just, like, a war race where it's, like, they're cloned potato heads that are just bred for war, and that's it. So the Centaurans are, like scarier because of that, but also have a, a huge, they also have one of the biggest weaknesses <laughs> that you could easily like out, out maneuver them as long as you get behind them. That's why
2: I don't love, I love this. I like the Centaurans and the Ood. I think the Ood made for a more interesting story, but the Centaurans have such a, like, such a silly weakness. I like, it's, it's, I don't know, it bugs me. <laughs> it has me, it has me like having a hard time as like, like being like, oh no, they're actually terrifying because they have such an exploitable weakness.
1: Yeah, I love the Ood. Uh Same in in the same way, like the Ood are, uh, uh They're not villains; they're influenced by what's around, like a powerful yeah. thing around them. And I I think that's compelling storytelling. I'm here for that. Um, as soon as the Solter- as soon as we get into the individualism of saltarians they become compelling. When you keep them as just like the war race you're like mm, that, hmm. it, does, it doesn't it yeah. doesn't do it but as soon as we like as soon as you give me a Saltaran's name i'm like oh yeah no they're special and and yeah I'm, and they, they become interesting that's true well, i did like the 11th the...
2: doctor's pen i would just to say the 11th doctor's uh friend is I, I like him a lot
0: what the hell
2: sorry they're like just
0: <laughs> <laughs> i want to give some random facts that i've Found bef- while I was getting ready for this podcast. Some you may know, some you may not know, but they're just fun, silly things. So how is the character credited? Originally, William Hartnell played, quote, Dr. Dr. Who. It eventually changed to Dr. Who liked the title and then The Doctor. When the show returned in 2005, Crystal, Christopher Eccleston was credited as Dr. Who liked the title before David Tennant requested that it go back to The Doctor. The word regeneration does not get coined until 1974 in the episode Planet of the Spiders. Matt Smith is the youngest actor to play the Doctor at age 26. Doctor Who was technically created as a kids series. The first person considered for the role of River Song was Kate Winslet. The Series 4 revival episode, The Fires of Pompeii, featured two future Doctor Who stars, Peter Capaldi and Karen Gillan. And there was potential about a Torchwood the musical. If written, <laughs> it would have been featuring music from Danny and Bjorn of ABBA fame. Wow. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's the thing we missed out on life. Can we mm-hmm. go back in the TARDIS and get that to happen, please?
2: I want to live in that timeline.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Um, all right. Let's go through the revival series how we're going to do it is we're going to go by doctor as a and and lump them all in with the ninth doctor so that series one the bbc relaunched doctor who after 15 year absence with russell t davies at the helm the first and only season with christopher eccleston finds him traveling with his main companion rose tyler whom he plucks from obscurity on planet earth and to whom he grows increasingly attached he also finds himself traveling with captain jack harkness portrayed by john barrowman The season features a loose arc based upon the recurring phrase, Bad Wolf. Other notable characters include Jackie Tyler, Rose's mother, and Mickey Smith, Rose's boyfriend. And wow, the evolution of that character. So Christopher Eccleston is our doctor. Rose Tyler, played by the fabulous Billy Piper. Some famous faces you might have seen during this first series include Zoe Wanamaker, Simon Callow, Simon Pegg, and Davina McCall. All right, let's talk about and Anthony. I feel like you have the most love for him.
1: Okay, that's fair. I get it. I am a I'm a, a lone wolf on this one. It's true.
0: <laughs> a bad wolf.
1: A bad lone wolf. A lonely bad wolf. Sure. <laughs> yes. Um.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, that,
1: go ahead. oh Oh, you know, please ask the ask the question. Yes. What
0: well, I was going to say, like, why do most doctor who fans kind of discredit eccleston but really most of the time go back to watch because we love rose tyler
1: god do i I mean i love rose tyler too even though she does make you so dirty i have many <laughs> thoughts she does make you wrong but um yes. I, I mean eccleston is uh eccleston is essential he truly is um and you know that sometimes Let's go with doctor metaphors here. Like, sometimes you don't get credit for what a stitch does because it's just holding something Mm -hmm. together until it's fixed. But that's Eccleson. That's Eccleson all over. Like, he is, when you go and look at the war doctor and you you look at the, you know, the guy, what, five, six series on, you look at the war doctor and the decision the war doctor makes, and then you realize that he comes back as a young man to run away. And that's what Eccleson does. The whole, he's like, run. That is what we get from him he's like a a young man running from a decision that he made and you're like yeah of course that makes perfect sense and of of course he only stays for for one series because that's what he like he he needs to start getting on board with like what he's done and we still get two pretty young iterations in uh in Matt Smith uh and and uh Tennant we get pretty young iterations where he's like well I you know he chooses Subconsciously, if we were talking about regenerations, to come back as a young man because, like, he, the old man had to make an old, serious decision, and he wants to be like young and fun and playful and just like the universe is my plaything. And now, take care of the little humans, and he wants to be that um, until you know until Capaldi, where he's like, I got to come to terms with, with my thing. I got to come to terms with what I who I am you know what does it mean to be a helper what does it mean to be the doctor oh my gosh mm-hmm. i'm sorry this is my ted this is not my ted talk so, uh, <laughs> so but, but so yeah but yes that i think eccleson is just like really important he's the, he's the action hero thread between the two things he really is oh, that like things sure. blow up in the background while they're running away with the cute girl and the and you're like yeah of course that's what the in between should be i think
0: hey, eccleson be- has- Okay, go ahead and then i'll ask my question
2: no, no. I was just gonna say I think Eccleston has um, has to be credited with getting the show off the ground because if he if his season wasn't good then it wouldn't have gone beyond where it did and we wouldn't have gotten this like regeneration of essentially a Doctor Who as as we know it today um, so we have to give credit where credit's due I think a lot of the fallout with Eccleston specifically had less to do with his performance on the show and more to do with with uh, off camera like drama and and rumors and this that and the other like I think when it was shortly after the series started or or he was announced that it was announced that he wasn't going to be continuing on the series and I think the studio had released a statement saying that he was afraid that he would be typecast Um, but they made that statement without his knowledge he ended up doing an interview later on where he actually explained that there were facets of the production and the um, like work environment that they were that they were put through, and it might be a product of like 2005 filming practices. But the um, not that that excuses it at yeah. all. But uh, he said that he said. Um, He was uncomfortable, and and if he continued with the series, he would have had to turn a blind eye to a lot of things that he felt was wrong. And, you know, at at this point, we don't really know what those things were, so we can't really make a decision for ourselves. But I think a lot of fans might have taken that as being disrespectful um, to this very long time, like, established, um, like, iconic show. That so many people were so in love with and were so happy to see return that him kind of being like, no, no, like this is not, this was not fun for me, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, So I think that also has a lot to do with why um, people didn't have a negative reaction to him and why he's not like everyone's favorite doctor. I'm not saying that he's he was wrong to say those things either because that he is well within his rights to do so. And I don't have those feelings against him either because I think he was a great doctor. Um, but I do think that has to be part of the conversation because I think a lot of times when when we talk about like our favorite doctors, there are some fans who will hold that against him.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I was going to ask you, you've been to see some fan conventions. How many ninth mm-hmm. doctors do you see walking around? Even mm-hmm. though it's probably the easiest possible to do. <laughs>
2: it is the easy it's the easiest cosplay to do with a bunch but i probably see the least amount of my doctors saw the most jody's and i saw um the probably the second most was probably tenant and then matt smith was was right neck and neck with him um a handful of capaldi's and a lot of companions but very very few ecclesons
0: all right precious let's talk about the rose tyler of it all in the first series um were you enamored with rose tyler no no why not rose was who one of the like when ever.
3: when wrote when i started watching the first season of who it took i think to the end of the series for me to fall in love with everybody it took a long time for me to like really i think when eccleson like that last episode of eccleson I was like, no, no, I don't want you to go. Like, no, I, I've, I've, I've now, I've now focused and I've agreed that you're my doctor. You can't leave me. And then, and then we get tenant, and then it's just like, and I think, I, I, I think I fell for tenant really early on. Most of the time, every time I get a new doctor, it's usually mid season before I'm like, okay, right, we're good, we're fine, like I, we, we can continue. Um, but yeah, Rose is just like I just think I think. I know they, I know she was hired because she was already a pop star in Britain. Mm-hmm. So they wanted, they wanted a name and they to like, to help push who off for the first season. And I just think, yeah, there was just something about like, Rose just didn't like do it for me right away. And then once we got into season series two, that's when I was starting to be like, okay, I think, I think it was because I liked her dynamic with Tennant more than I did with Eccleston. Um, so I think that's what it was. For me, I felt there there was better chemistry with the two of them than there was with Eccleson. Um, but I do enjoy like the Eccleson run.
0: Now, is is part of why you didn't love Rose as much is because of the introduction of Captain Jack. Ooh. I'm
3: actually not... I'm here for this... I'm not here for this Adam erasure. We had two episodes of him okay, on the fine, TARDIS, fine. and we are forgetting sure. about... No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I mean, well, that's an interesting thing,
0: because, like, what is canon when it, to be? Uh, uh, I know, what's... Um, consa- like, it,
3: it's it's hard to consider, like, who is the companion. Like, you have people, like, I consider... I guess Mickey would be a companion by adjacent, because he did go on, and he went on to another reality with the Doctor at one point. Right. But, yeah, you've had Adam, who was, like, I guess... And I think the doctors always had, like, a handful of companions. So You are always kind of like, you never know how long someone's going to stay on the ship. Um, sure. No, I just think, I don't know. It's just something where it's like, I just, or it might have just been like, I wasn't a fan of, like, Billy's acting. I don't know. It's just like, it didn't really grab me right away. Um, but it's the same thing. I will say the same thing. I didn't fall in love with Martha Jones until my rewatch. Or no, no. I saw series three. I didn't really, Martha Jones wasn't my favorite in series three. But then when she came back in season four... I was like, I've missed you. It was one of those things where it's like it. It took like while I did the first viewing, a lot of like early who I couldn't, I didn't like gravitate to them right away. And then on a rewatch, I'm like, I don't know why I didn't love you right away. You're fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, um, Okay.
2: Sorry, I just wanted to say that I I agree. I think Rose Rose had an interesting dynamic with the Doctor in the sense that she like she was that like doughy eyed girl with with Eccleson but it wasn't until Tenant came around that she was very much like um in it and capable and i mean she was capable with Eccleson too but it she was she i feel like with tenant she f- kind of fully formed as a character um, martha i think was stunted by her relationship with the first doctor and I don't think that's her fault. I think it's a, a facet of, of the writing of her character because I don't think they should have had her in love with the Doctor. Because I loved Martha so much more when she was be, when she was past the Doctor, like when she was with UNIT. I, I liked her seeing her spread her wings in that way. Absolutely. And he's like, "This and guy's I crazy."
0: For... <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, a little bit of what bothered me in series one also is. Mickey. Um, he, oh, he's just he, he not a great written character, very annoying. But then you have Jackie Tyler, who I think was my favorite character throughout this entire first series. Um, I mean, we obviously know the evolution of Mickey, and he he gets better and um gets to play around with other companions later on in his life. Um, but yeah, I think it was an interesting mix of characters in this first series that just for me didn't click until they had a little more of an evolution of a character arc. Anthony, I ha- I can see you have some thoughts.
1: <laughs> nope, I'm good, I'm good. Let's let's keep it an audio podcast, y'all. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're we're going to get we're going to get to to the 10th doctor soon and then 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 then, then we're going to be all all at Martha, so that'll be your time. Your time to tell me I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> now, so we can wrap up the ninth doctor, are there any any notable episodes that you would recommend for the listeners to watch obviously i think if you're going to start just watch rose watch mm-hmm. series one episode one it'll give you an idea of what you're about to see or just jump to series two um but i i would say rose is probably the most notable of this first series
3: because i wrote What's down Rose being like number one first episode i also did like the dalek episode episode six because that was, like, yeah. the reintroduction of, of the dialect. I liked the how the Doctor reacted to that, to the dialect in that episode, because it was very much being, like, our, we're the lone survivors of our race at this point. Um, and then I think the last one I liked was the Doctor Dances, which is, like, adding into um, the those two. I think that was the part two of a two-parter episode, but uh, it was just like, that just, I think that was probably where it got to like the, where, and that was, a, I didn't write down what episode that was, but that was towards the end, the back half of season of series one. And I do feel like that by that point, I think that's when I was starting to like fall in love with Eccleston as the doctor.
1: It's a great lore episode too. Mm-hmm. Just as far as you're as far as like if you, you know, if you're just picking episodes, I think that's a great list of uh episodes to be like, what is this? without watching the whole thing. It'd be like starting with one, obviously, like Rose, and then what are the Daleks? And then like, what is the doctor? And that's the most who is the Doctor episode, I think. Um, where like as a regeneration, he's like, Oh, I found this out about him. like he discovers things about himself. Um, and he's being kind of viewed through somebody else's eyes right like where you know instead of being the big the big brain that knows everything someone else is 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 kind of uh seeing him and putting a mirror on him and being like no i see i know who you are i get who you are and, and he's finding out about himself so yeah totally agree
0: all right, let's move on to the 10th Doctor, which spans series 2, 3, and 4. This is the first regeneration in the revival series. The Doctor continues to travel with Rose Tyler, with whom he has grown increasingly attached. In the second series, the story is connected to the recurring word, Torchwood. The third series finds him traveling with a new companion, Martha Jones. and This season is connected by the phrase, Vote Saxon, which is ultimately the return of the Doctor's enemy, the Master. For season four, the Doctor is joined by Donna Noble, who's appeared in The Runaway Bride. And we're obviously introduced to grandfather Wilfred Mott, Donna's grandfather, who the Doctor met during the Titanic trip. So this is played by David Tennant. The companions for these three series include Billy Piper as Rose Tyler, Freema Agyeman as Martha Jones, and Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. Now let's talk about some of the famous faces you may have seen through these three series anthony head um andrew garfield Derek jacoby mcfly makes an appearance carrie mulligan kylie minogue sarah lancashire peter capaldi karen gillam georgia Moffat aka daughter of peter Davison and the wife of david Tennant), felicity jones alex kingston and Paul grady let's talk about number 10. what is it about david Tennant's portrayal of the tenth doctor that really gets the fandom so excited. Daniel, let's talk, start with you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I
2: don't know. It's it's one of those things. It's like trying to be quippy. I'm not doing a good job. Oh, my God. I couldn't... I don't know. I really don't know what it is about David Tennant, but there's a reason why they brought him back a second time. Like He's... Just his, I think his portrayal of the doctor is so unique and so special. And I think part of it is, I think he has, if I'm not wrong, one of, if not the longest runs of the, of being the doctor. So I yes. think he had, he had a lot of, he had a lot of time to really win people over. So I think that has a lot to do with it too. I think he is just one of those actors that has the ability to play, you know, like a lovable goofball, but then like a terrifying like general in a war, the next second, and like that is just a fact. That is something that not a lot of people can do, um, and it's something that's essential for the doctor. Um, but it's it's really it's just fascinating to watch him play off of so many different people and make a connection with so many different people, and have that connection be so different. Um, so I, everyone's got their favorite thing. Like some people say. Um, rose and 10 is their favorite ship and then people say that the doctor and donna are their favorite like companion relationships and then people also like the way he interacted with like even the villains and the master and the and captain jack it's just he's a very multifaceted, and very talented individual so I, I, there's a lot to like there from a um oh what,
0: Anthony, i want to bring you in here from a acting perspective uh, because Daniel brought that up and I think it's really really interesting because you have three very different actors and approaches as companions from Billy Piper, Freema, and Catherine Tate bringing three different styles of characters and David Tennant's doctor is able to still capture the spirit of the show so well. As an actor watching that what do you take from it?
1: Oh gosh it's so funny that you say as an actor because everything that I had just heard, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's entirely correct," and then it, it always makes me think about how dirty they did Judy, uh, Jody. Sorry, like how they do her so. I'm just mm-hmm. as far as writing goes. I'm like, why did you leave this woman with so little? That's it. Like I'm, I'm just like as as. An and it's actor, by the
0: go, man who did Broadchurch, which is insane. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, get, I'm just literally, I, I'm like, as an actor give her more like, <laughs> as an, as an actor, I'm Literally. like, yo, Tenant, 110%. Like your, everything you said is, is so right. I, like my, my quippy response to that question uh, was, was like, well, he gets to be the doctor the most, you know what I mean? And I don't just mean in time, like he really just gets to be play all of the things that the doctor is versus Eccleson, who, as I said, and I stand by is like, he's an action star. Most of the time he's running, yeah. things are exploding and blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing wrong with that but it's not the doctor, um, you know, the doctor is a helper. The doctor is like, a, is the perennial like healer. Um, and he makes them hard to say, what, sorry, tangent, what point is um, <laughs> that I'm like, but like tenant got to do it all. And 10 gets to be that person to three different, to three very different companions. Um, and he gets to be like, he, he got the time and the script to really dig into every aspect of it and I think that it, it, I think he's absolutely amazing I adore him um, but I think that really helps being like that helps to be like why are you everyone's favorite doctor? Because you got to be the doctor the most mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to be the most doctor that's yeah. why there you go
0: I also yeah, think it was
3: I also think it's a mixture of the fact that I think it's like one, he's a fantastic actor two having Davies as his showrunner like I think was Just like it was a perfect match of putting two the the two together, they were two that like Davies was able to capture that magic of of Tennant, and I also think because Tennant was also a fan of the series, he I think reminded people a lot of the season's best. I'd say I would say like compared to like maybe Simon Baker, I think David Tennant would be on that level of what people think as a as the essential Doctors in their minds. I do feel like he has that like it was just like fans just like fell in love with him it's just like a, you know he wasn't bad to look at either you know
0: <laughs> that's fair that's fair yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about the companions a little bit obviously we mentioned donna noble a lot we mentioned rose tyler uh let's do the Martha jones what was it that didn't click for the majority of the fandom it was it the writing was it the story arc um because she's a fantastic actress
3: okay i think for me it was i think by the time rose left i was in love with rose and i was like Mm -hmm. you are not rose get off my damn ship and i think because they decided to do the route of she was also going to be crushy and in love with the doctor it was like oh is this what we're going to be doing now every person on the ship just wants to fuck the doctor i'm all okay great um but it wasn't until like i said it's like uh, it, it took a rewatch. It's like the same thing with some shows where you don't fall in love with certain characters right away, but then when you rewatch them, you realize, and you see, like, clicks here and there, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. And I think that's what it was for, for Martha Jones. It was, like, seeing her appear in season four, and then she also had a brief, uh, like, two-episode run on Torchwood, and it was, like, when she appeared on Torchwood, I, like, smiled, and I was like, oh. I think I did love Martha Jones. I just didn't didn't realize I loved Martha Jones. And then seeing her run in, especially her character arc, when you meet her again in series four, you can see the evolution of what her time on the TARDIS did to her and just how fascinating and how just like fierce of a character she was. Um, And also she was another one who appeared in series two in a cameo, in a small role and brought her back in series three as her cousin
2: right i also wish we got to see that development
1: on screen yeah i think i'm not (laughs) going hard on this i promise (laughs) um but i think that that uh you're again 100% right precious that like that idea of like oh is everyone going to be in love with the doctor is uh you're like "Mm, this is an instant turnoff but I think and i think you're saying it but in a rewatch you're like yeah but her story's different like yeah you know, rose's thing was the doctor realizing that he was in love with her and martha's thing was realizing the doctor was never going to be in love with her which is a very different very yep. different story and a little and a little fucking sad um yep. because you know she's actually brilliant no offense to rose at all but like she <laughs> like she, uh, they're just you know she's like, doctor she's a fucking doctor like, mm-hmm. like, was absolutely a doctor and is actually brilliant and actually could like, in some way, match up with him intellectually. Uh, And like, it was like, oh, it's just never going to be you. And she saves the fucking world um, by telling the story of the doctor, which as Mm -hmm. an actor is always going to make you save the world telling a story. I'm yours (laughs) forever. Um, But like by telling the story of the doctor and bringing it everywhere and, and that, um, and that, like, faith and love, and, and I, I think she's uh, absolutely. And also, that's the companion that we get. We get uh, to meet the master. I don't know if I'm segueing for you, but that's the companion that we get to meet the master. In, um, in at least in the in the new iteration, and it's. Just, uh, I, I adore. I just adore. So I love all the I really do love all the companions. Like Amy Pond is fantastic. I really do love all of the companions. But I'm like, yo, Martha's got the spot in my heart. Yeah,
0: that's it. Now, when it comes to Captain Tate, obviously that was one of the biggest casting grabs that the franchise has gotten because again, she was in I think one of the most important episodes in the revival series, The Runaway Bride. Um, it was amazing. You thought it was a special, then when they're like, Do you want to do more? She's like, you know, Why the hell not? And 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 sparks came between that pair. I mean, when you can have the two of them on screen doing sci-fi and then throw them over in a theater to do Shakespeare and it still fucking works that is a special pairing I will say the only other person who's that good with David Tennant is Olivia Colman um but again me and my broad church love it's a little (laughs) obsessive Um, But I think Catherine Tate brought um, a bit of levity to the show because she was so funny and campy and silly and over the top. And yes, when they veered away from she doesn't have to be in love with him. You're like, okay, the show can evolve into different Mm -hmm. storylines. Let's talk about in the Tenth Doctor's time. What episodes would you suggest? I'm going to go hard and still say The Runaway Bride, like another singular episode that can get you hooked to the show. What else should we suggest? Oh, I have a list have for all
3: three series, so I'll go last.
2: <laughs> I was gonna s was gonna say Love and Monsters.
1: Oh, I love Loving Monsters, yes. <laughs> no, no, it's not no. But yes, no, it's, it's amazing. So
0: love and Monsters is so great.
1: It's wonderful. <laughs> it's so stupid and I love it. It's a uh, it's Pompeii. a it's a it's a filler episode, but it's a sweet filler <laughs> yes.
2: episode. It is a sweet filler episode with moaning myrtle of all people
3: right yeah. <laughs> the amount of like Hoovian and like uh it's like you get the Hoovian and lord and of the Rings, and potter and now we've kind of mcu as well uh with mm-hmm. a lot of them carrying over to that mm-hmm.
0: hey martha's sister is on uh loki Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: It's
3: incredible
0: um. Yeah, Pompeii is a good one. I again, if you are a big fan of the show, it's a good one to go back and be like, "How does this all work? How's continuity going to work in this one?" They they figured it out. They figured oh, cool. it out. Um, it's I think in the Fireplace" is an important one,
1: for sure. I like uh the very first episode of Tenants just because there's a, a wonderful another wonderful um uh uh reference to Douglas Adams again. Uh, he's like how very has saved the world while wearing my pajamas or how, my bathrobe. How very Arthur Dent of me, um, and I love that. Um, I think that I mean I love the first the the finale the two finales uh, with the master so so much, um, so much camp. Love the music, so fantastic. Um, yeah, I w- I'm going to throw it down for those two real hard. I think Three. when you're looking at the. Um
2: the doctor and donna's relationship as like she's the doctor's best friend um the unicorn and the wasp with agatha christie is a great one and Mm -hmm. then you have Mm -hmm. you you can't ignore silence in the library slash force of the dead for river song's introduction and then um journey's end which is probably going to be the most potent for the next two specials coming up
0: Absolutely. Can I, can I
1: also, as it's not in there and it needs to get slid in someplace, throw out, uh, the, um, children in need special, um, pressure mm-hmm. kind of shout out to, to what you were saying earlier, but there's the beauty. It's my favorite of the specials where David Tennant meets his doctor and he literally has a moment which which is his, well, I'm sorry. Is it correct me? Help me out. It's his wife's father. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. It gets real. It gets Who real. Played who plays who yeah then she goes daughter. on to play his
1: daughter yeah mm-hmm. you're like okay which actually is another fantastic episode but oh yeah. um, but in that that 7 minute episode the doctor meets his former self and it is very much the actor Dave Tedden talking to the doctor that he watched growing mm-hmm. up and being like and telling him how much it meant to have someone be the doctor for him so i that's a you know low key special on youtube uh but it's worth it's worth mentioning
3: Oh the other one too uh, is a, for it. Red Nose Day. They have one with Catherine Tate as her uh as her schoolgirl character right, uh right, right. Lauren and and Doctor is and then uh, plays uh plays her uh, substitute and she's like are you the doctor yes. are you are the, the doctor, doctor? and uh, yeah yes. she's uh, I watch so, that such on a good one.
0: Every day yes I do. It's yes. absolutely brilliant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Again, are we ready for my list now? About Shakespeare. <laughs> yes. Talk about yes. Shakespeare. You get some Tatham Tate Shakespeare in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to throw a tumor out there. Blink, obviously, because we're going to get your Weeping Angels out of that. And Voyage of the Dam. Come on, friends. If you're listening, chances are you probably like Kylie Minogue, mm-hmm. and this is your way of watching Kylie Minogue on Doctor Who. Uh, it's so good and so campy. All right, Precious, give us the list. Okay,
3: so what hasn't been said? I would say for Series 2, School Reunion because that brought back Sarah Jane to New Who and yep. Sarah Jane Smith. Oh my god, is she just not like a national treasure? Like ah, oh, not oh, even not even heart, our nation,
1: but yes. My heart,
3: my heart hurts. Um, but I feel like I think she like again. If I was into Doctor Who back in the day, like if I found old Who, I think Sarah Jane would have been my number one companion. But I do I've loved Sarah Jane whenever they do bring her back. um We you've entered well the ones for season three, series four. Honestly, just watch all of series four. It's so fucking good. But Partners I'm in literally Crime. I'm doing it
0: right now to get ready for the new. Episodes. We
3: Partners in Crime because that was the brought back. Donna and, and Tenet together, but also the Adipose are probably the cutest little Who aliens, and they're just fat. They're just fat, and they're adorable. I love the Adipose. Um, you say they now. Wait till the special. And, and then, then the, I would say the final three episodes of Series 4, because Turn Left was the best mm-hmm. What If episode ever, where you got to see what it would have been like if he never met um, if it was just like if he never ended the companions, like if he if he died during Runaway Bride, and what series three and four would have looked like without him there was just phenomenal. And then yeah, the Stolen Earth journey's ends was like the Avengers of the Who universe, where it was like everyone came back. It was like watching those two episodes like brings the biggest smile to my face because they're like all together, and then it ends with probably like the biggest heartbreak. With how Donna's story came to close, and you're just like, I hate all this. I hate it here. I hate it here. They began uh, Russell T.
2: Davis's crusade to fix his problem, his issue there.
3: Yep. I will say, have you guys seen? Um, it's 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 an old song, um, but Donna, but Catherine Tate and David Tennant do this song. It was like where it's the story of Russell T. Davis deciding to do Doctor Who, and it's done in this like. Um, unique beat. I forgot the name of the story. I'm gonna find it and then I'll put it in the chat because it is amazing to see how they, the two of them, work together. And it's the story of how they, how uh, Russell Davis decided to do Doctor Who. It is so fucking good and funny. Uh, I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna post it because I think you guys would love it.
0: Let's move into the 11th Doctor series five, six, and seven, marking the beginning of the Stephen Moffat era following the next three generations. And the Doctor travels with his new companion, Amy Pond, and her fiancé, Rory Williams. Ah. While visited notably by Riversong, portrayed by Alex Kingston, a mysterious woman from the Doctor's future, the main story arc of Season 5 concerns a pattern of cracks in the universe which can erase things from existence, like Rory, multiple times. By Season 6, it is revealed that Riversong is Amy and Rory's part-time Lord daughter and the Doctor's wife. Following the departure of Amy and Roy, the Doctor is joined by Claire Oswald as he tries to find the significance of her as he had encountered her twice as Oswin and as the governess. It's also the recurrence of the Great Intelligence who is trying to gain the Doctor's true name for his own purposes. So this is our Matt Smith era. We have our companions: Amy Pond by Karen, played by Karen Gillan; Rory Williams played by Arthur Darvill. We have Claire Oswald by Jenna Coleman, and I guess I mean, do we have to say River songs Technically, a companion appears in some DVD covers. Um, Alex Kingston would be River Song here. Some famous faces throughout this tenure: Olivia Coleman, everyone's favorite go-to guy, James Corden. Toby Jones Bill Nye Sophia Canetta Michael Gambon, Catherine Jenkins Michael Sheen Imelda Staunton Saran Jones and David Williams let's discuss the Matt Smith of it all all right Daniel you you you're here for Matt Smith let's talk about him why
2: the things I would do for the Matt Smith of it all <laughs> uh, I I I don't know there's a there's a there's a not so secret reason why he's my favorite doctor too um I love, I love, I love the Matt Smith era. I think he's like, I think he has even more, even more than Tennant. I think he has the most. He has the most joyful portrayal of the Doctor. Um, mm-hmm. I think he just has like yes. so much. Yeah, I think he just yes. has so go much off, like go off. life, life and like this like childhood like energy to it that just that just is it makes you happy and. He also can turn on a dime when he needs to, but his his interconnected storyline with Amy and Rory and by extension River is just so good. And it, it's an it was an in, an interesting turn and I think it, it probably his 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 Doctor era was probably what saved the series from um, like a helm change. Um, cause a lot of people get hesitant when a new showrunner comes on board. So with MoFat, I think he did a really good job and, you know, some people have their favorites. Like everyone's like, I like MoFat's era best. I like uh, Davis's era best. Not many people are saying that Chibnall's their favorite, but, um, <laughs> that doesn't mean he hasn't had a lot of really great stuff too, but everyone's got their thing. But I think coming on as a new doctor under a new showrunner, you have a lot of pressure and I think he just delivered. And I think everybody around him delivered too. He was probably one of the earlier doctors to have, because like um, David Tennant and and Eccleston, they had like small teams. Like Captain Jack would like show up here and there, but like I feel like um, Eleven was the first one to really kind of introduce the idea of the Doctor having like a go-to team, like the Doctor's friends and and companions, where you had the you had the. Um, lizard woman from the center of the universe and her wife and or the center of the earth and her wife and then you had the um centaurian guy who was like reformed and um then you had amy and rory and river and it was just a whole team of people that that um he relied on that he counted on and then clara eventually too so i i um i think the I'm ranting too. The my favorite thing about Matt Smith, I think, is just the joy he has being the doctor. Let's uh,
0: let's talk about mm-hmm. the companions a little bit. Um, I I just for me Rory, it's like oh my god they kill Rory. It's it's the the common theme for <laughs> Arthur Darvill having Jesus. to deal with that. Um, it's it's really it's for me what like in you know, a binge watch it's hard to watch the Rory. Story arc because it's like he's there. He doesn't do much, but mm-hmm. then you have Amy Pond and her relationship with the Doctor is just beautiful. And then you get Clara. I'm like, I don't love Clara until we get to our next Doctor. So I'm going to talk. Say my thoughts of Clara there again, there's this really interesting companionship that Matt Smith has with each character. Mm-hmm. And you're right, the playfulness is really what sparks series 5, 6, and 7. Um, because even the fez of it all, it's just silly and stupid, but it 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 still captures the <laughs> essence of what Doctor Who is. Yep. Obviously, I mean, I... River Song. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead, go for oh,
1: it. Oh, no, I was just going to roll back in here. Uh, and it's, you know, not as an actor, literally as a storyteller on the other side of it, I go, what I adore, I just adore about Matt's doctor is, and you nailed it when talking about the joy and those moments where he manages to grab all the depth of, a, of you know, of a 700 year old Time Lord. Um, there's that there's uh i can't i can't remember the name of the episode but when the there's the uh the god that feeds on stories um and he's like oh he's like yeah you can take a leaf and the possibilities of a leaf are like okay that's something but what about an entire life and where he, he's like take it take all of it take everything that i want and it's like oh he owns the magnitude of his existence and and he's like and yeah he just he is the Time Lord, and and that's I think that's the the juxtaposition of like being the kid, literally the twenty, you know, the twenty. How old was he when he was playing Doctor Who? Matt, how
0: old 26, was twenty six. Uh, twenty six. So yeah. taking the
1: like the playfulness of a twenty six year old who's like, hey, I just came to like fuck about and do the thing, and then dropping in hard and just being like, yeah, I know I have, I know it's deeper. I know I have more. So I know that I've done more. And you're like,
0: oh and um, you have yeah. to give the man credit because just looking at his literal credits as an actor, he's gone from Doctor Who to the crown to um House of the Dragon. It's like okay, he 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 can he's got some rage. Mm-hmm. You
1: got it, boy. You can work. Don't forget yeah. Morbius.
0: Awesome. Oh god. <laughs> he was And then, the and then you have it, right? uh and then you have Karen Gillum, who um such a great right. she gets to be end in the mcu and then she does jumanji and you're like well she did that choice
1: <laughs> okay i don't know if this is That's the place magic. to say it but jumanji was cute all right it was cute <laughs> oh, it was so
0: cute it was so silly but it was she again just like in um uh, gardens of the galaxy she was very yelly very 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 yelly
3: hey her Nebula had one of the, is has one of the best story arcs of any character, character arc of anyone arc. in the MCU. She's amazing. For Believe she, me, uh, I sure. can do an entire Facts, podcast Facts. on Facts.
0: Guardians. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I want to talk about River Song a little bit because yep. uh, it is an important Girl. story arc for the entire mm. <laughs> Doctor Who. Precious, tell me what needs to be discussed about River Song, and at what point do you? understand Riversong because we had mentioned her first appearance uh, during Tennant's era and mm-hmm. then now she has her real emergence here
3: well first off spoilers um Riversong it's one of those characters where she is introduced to the doctor at the end of her life so every time so their her timeline with the doctor is going backwards. Like Mm -hmm. it's 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 it is very tiny whiny. Sometimes you're like it's a little too much. Where, um, but River Song is just a character where she's so she's smart. She's like the perfect like person to be the doctor's wife. Like she, it makes sense that she is the one that marries the doctor that has this relationship with him. She's as smart as he is sometimes probably even smarter. Um, she has that... Um, the thing, too, is they, they introduced the fact that she was a child of the TARDIS, meaning that she was born... She was conceived in the TARDIS, because it's revealed that she is the daughter of Amy and Rory, um, because she was born Melody Pond, and you flip the pond and Melody to a song in a river. Um, and she has regenerative abilities, but we only ever seen her regenerate, I think, what, once? So... Nice. And then you uh, but her story arc is just like because she's interacted with um, three doctors and every time she came on screen during uh, Smith's run, they were just some of the my favorite episodes like she had a good rapport with that cast she fit really well in the who universe.
2: It was electric when she was with them, and her and Matt Smith were so so spicy. <laughs> hmm.
0: Yes. 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 Um. What notable episodes should we throw out there? Um. I want to throw out obviously Day the Doctor. I mean, how could you not? But also Vincent and the Doctor, because whenever you have oh. some um historical figures and it's done right, because it's done many times unfortunately wrong when it's done right you get an episode like that what else i would probably
3: add on to like the last two episodes of the sea of the series um the what were they called the Pedorka opens and big bang because it's like uh i think that was for me that's when i finally was like i'm i'm matt smith i'm okay that you're around and i'm ready for the journey ahead because i think being in love I, I was fell in love with this David Tennant's doctor where you were like I know and I think also too, the Caesar the series started with a new doctor no companions from the past and it did have a vibe of we're, we're not going to be seeing a lot of like where Davies had a lot of like bringing back fan favorites. it It felt like we weren't really gonna get that with Moffat. We got River Song, who was introduced briefly and now we got to expand her story. But it really felt like we were in like a, a new era of who. And I think it took and it took me a minute to be like, I'm okay to be in this era. Like I know we can't go back to the past, but I, i'm but I'm happy with who I have in my present. So I think those two um were good. I, and I it's always good. the last episodes I always feel like, they wrap up where things were going. So all the little taglines, you start with episode one and then you just, you know, read chapter one, read chapter uh, the last chapter to kind of get the, the gist of the story.
1: Uh, yes, and uh, I, this the doctor's wife is in, is in this arc. So I'd throw that, uh, I'd just throw that in there. Um, but I already mentioned that earlier. Uh, also, I don't know how long, how much longer I'm going to be with y'all. But because we're on Moffitt, we're on Moffitt. Can I can I read the, one of my favorite quotes of Moffat's? And he's Absolutely. not my favorite showrunner, but still, I, it just goes to the doctor wholeheartedly. Um, and you could put this wherever you want to. So pause, snip this if you want to. Here we go. Um, wow. Heroes are important. Heroes tell us who we want to be. And when they made this particular hero, they didn't give him a gun. They gave him a screwdriver to fix things. They didn't give him a tank or a warship or an X-wing. They gave him a call box from which you can call for help. And they didn't give him superpower or a heat ray. They gave him an extra heart. And that's extraordinary. There will never come a time when we don't need a hero like the Doctor. That's it. I just, that's true. I just love that's that. <laughs> I just love that for who the Doctor is. And you're like, yeah, that's why we can deal with 14 iterations. And, and go, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, that this. <laughs> The perennial Absolutely.
0: helper. Mm-hmm. I know, I love that quote. That's really, really, I think it's telling exactly what Doctor Who is and why we really do love it. Let's move on to. Oh, well, I have a couple episode. more episodes people should watch. Okay, go for with, it. Go get okay. in there, Precious. With, get with in there.
3: All right. So, uh we we kind of gave a few for season five. Season six, uh, series six, I would say The Doctor's Wife, because that's the TARDIS episode. Uh, A Good Man Goes to War was, Uh, I think that was where I like, that was like what kind of was like, I'm going to start watching from the beginning with that one. Um, The Girl Who Waited, that is just like, that was like such a good Amy, Amy Pond episode. Um, The God Complex, I think is the one that you mentioned about the storyteller feeding on the stories. I think that was, that that was that episode. And then the last ones for, for series seven angels take manhattan because that's like rory and amy's farewell and it again when these companions leave sometime it hurts it hurts uh and then journey to the center of the tardis was a good one was a good clara episode and then the 50th anniversary because it's the 50th anniversary and you should watch 50th anniversary
0: absolutely it was a good one all right moving on to the 12th Doctor series 8 9 10 after the next regeneration the doctor adventures with clara and her boyfriend danny pink The main story arc revolves around a mysterious woman called Missy, played by Michelle Gomez, who will be revealed to be the master. The ninth season finds Clara and the Doctor crossing paths with Ishlar, a Viking girl made immortal by the Doctor. The action follows a mystery being called the Hybrid, a combination of two great warrior races, as well as a visit back to Gallifrey. The 10th f- se- season, the Doctor travels with Bill Potts and Nardle during a university as they guard an underground vault containing Missy, who helps them battle the Cyberman. This is our debut of Peter Capaldi, who he has already had his face on the show once, <laughs> maybe twice. We have Claire Oswald, again played by Jenna Coleman, Bill Potts played by Pearl Mackey, and Nardle played by the legendary Matt Lucas. All right, Peter Cabal- Capaldi. Who wants to explain how Peter Capaldi is allowed to be on here as a different person?
1: Oh, I will. That's easy.
0: Go for it. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, dude, like I, I think they do a great job of saying that that um, you know, the doctor having seen this person in Pompeii, uh, connects to them as a a, a father figure, not a father figure for themselves, but a what a good father looks like um and he kind of imprints that uh the doctor imprints that and brings subconsciously and brings it up as as the face that he manifests in this regeneration
0: absolutely for me i also I, think, I think it's an interesting okay oh, go, ahead, go
3: ahead oh i was also thinking because we had mentioned earlier with like with after the War Doctor, we got Eccleson being like, you know, the, the going back to being a more youthful doctor because he wanted to kind of like run away from his past. And we still had Tennant and Smith still being young doctors. I think after the 50th special where they met the War Doctor, kind of saw what he did, why he did it. And they kind of reconciled with themselves like, we understand what we were doing. I also think that's why they decided to go with an older doctor because he was he was ready to be like, to move on to like to mature i think that's where it felt like he was ready to mature into the next stage of his of his life
0: for me it took me a little bit more time to get into the peter capaldi of it all but i think one thing that this series did well was rather than start from scratch they kind of went back to the series two where you already had a companion you were familiar with joining a doctor who was I guess, learning the ropes in a way, mm-hmm. because I think it, it did take a little bit of time for both Peter Capaldi and the Doctor to finally understand this new version of the Doctor. Um, so for me, this is really when um, Clara took off and was probably the best in her tenure. But I mentioned it before, Bill Potts is one of the most underrated companions. So inquisitive and exciting and and beautiful as much as people love Nardle, i wish bill potts got solo time because they split too much Mm -hmm. screen time and i needed her to have a stronger arc so when they did not bring her back again i was like it very similar to martha it's like you did her dirty you gotta fix it Mm -hmm. um daniel talk to me about peter capaldi's tenure they
2: did Bill so dirty. Um, Peter, Peter Capaldi is um he's got an interesting dynamic. I think his relationships with the companions are very fascinating because um he almost acts like a grandfather figure for Clara, um but also like a role model. The thing with Clara is she's the first companion that we've seen that like wants to be the doctor um that's where like she that's where she like her goals are and i have to credit my fiance for giving me that um take because it's um it really is she, her like goals and her fascination with the doctor and like who the doctor is is a lot of in service to uh where she wants to take herself in her life um and when she uh goes on in in her diner tardis it, it's uh an interesting end to her character, um with Bill, Capaldi is more of a a teacher, like a Mm -hmm. a professor, in a literal sense, but also, like, when it comes to just life and humanity, and I think Peter Capaldi, because I, it took me a while to get used to Peter Capaldi after Matt Smith, because I was so enamored by Matt Smith, but um, it was just because his doctor was such a stark contrast to Matt Smith's doctor, he was very, um, battle-worn, very tired, very, um, but, but, um, very real and very kind. Um, he had this, this quote, uh, it was just always never fail to be kind. Um, I wish I remember the rest of the quote that goes along with it. Cause it's beautiful. He has some of the most powerful speeches in the show. And a lot of that is a testament to Peter Capaldi's seasoned, mm-hmm. um, professionalism and, and seasoned abilities as an actor, like even beyond like his, I think his um, he has some of the most powerful moments as the doctor, um, like the bit with the bird chipping away at a diamond mountain. Um, it's just so um, he's the one, he's the doctor where you can really get a sense for how, how powerful and how dangerous the doctor can be and how, how intense that he can be while still, having the goal of never
3: failing to be kind. Yeah. I think of, of all the changes with each doctor, I think I warmed up to Capaldi, Capaldi faster than I did with anyone else. Um, And again, it was, and it's like, and I liked his relationship with Clara so much better. I thought she worked so much better with him. Um, But yeah, like Bill and him worked well together. Um, I also loved his relationship with Missy. Like, The two of them were, like, the two of their, the magic that they had was just chef's kiss. And any episode Missy is in, just watch, because those are, like, the best ones.
0: Now, obviously, Michelle um, Gomez, great great actor. Another interesting actor present in this um, tenure uh, Arya Stark herself, Maisie Williams. I could not get that out of my head. I just couldn't do it because <laughs> I love Game of Thrones. And you're like, why is she here? Who was anyone able to disconnect the character from Game of Thrones into Doctor Who? Uh, yes, because much. I
3: did not watch Game of Thrones. Same.
0: There you go. There's there's the answer. That's fine. That's fine. You should watch. Yeah. this. great. I mean, you're gonna. Yeah. You nope, uh, I never. People
3: I never got, got into it. Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm okay with never watched it. You know.
0: Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine.
1: Precious, stay precious. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My thing is, all I hear is how bad it is. Or how bad it ended. So why do I want to yeah. get into something that I'm going to be sad about at the end?
0: All right, that's fine, that's fine. It's one of those shows where if you get connected to a character, just don't get connected, because they're yeah. not going to last more than more, more episodes. <laughs> it's one of those which shows is why you Doctor watch, Who you're like, so you're going gonna to be
1: hurt. Why do it? Like <laughs> exactly. Well, with Doctor Who, is it's why always why like,
0: Doctor
3: Who. It, well, with Doctor Who, it's always like, okay, these are the guest stars. Let's see which ones are going to survive this episode. <laughs>
0: Are there any notable episodes that we want to call out for the Capaldi era?
3: Um, for me, I really liked in his first series, "A uh, Time Heist. Because um, mm-hmm. it felt like a different type of episode. And you also got Jonathan Bailey, you know, uh, looking all cute and young. Of um, the Husbands of River Song, which is like River's last appearance on the show, is just a beautiful episode. Beautiful episode. And then one of my favorites, uh, Bill, Bill episodes, is Knock Knock. Um, I really, one of my favorite, like, little subgenres of Who that I like is when they do the scary supernatural. Um, I and I thought Knock her. Knock was I a really it's... good, was a really uh, good one of, of, of him. Because when, when Capaldi started, I actually did a podcast with a friend. Like, co- like, I podcasted episodes of the first two seasons. So I, like, talked a lot about Capaldi years ago. Now I don't remember anything I said. <laughs> but I, but you know what? But the thing is that, like, um, like Capaldi is like I say, like I, I enjoyed his time as the Doctor. I was sad when it finally ended because also too because of the delay of like airing in the BBC airing in the us for the later part for like the later series. It, I never I never watched them when they first ran. It was always like at a later point. So when mm-hmm. HBO Max like dropped them, I was like, that's where I can finally saw Bill's run. And caught up with Capaldi's last era. And I was like, I'm here for you, I'm here for the end. And that's why I finally got to see Whitaker's um entire era. And then finally the, the 50th, or, or not the, the power of the doctor episode. Uh and I will say probably another favorite is the twice upon a time where he has the where he meets the first doctor uh again and has that adventure with him. Uh that was mm-hmm. just a good one where it was kind of like that having to talk to your old self about letting go and being okay with moving on. I have to agree with you on the
2: husbands of River song, especially because that, that is probably one of, if not my favorite episodes of the entire series, just because of the apparent completion of River's story um, and the, how beautiful it is and how it ties so much together and how like their dynamics. I don't think he spent time with her prior to that
3: episode, if I'm not mistaken.
2: But, no, because
3: I think because I think when she her last episode with Smith, I think she was more yeah. like a projection. She wasn't really there. I think yeah. it was. And, like it was that dinner we, scene. Yeah.
2: It's such a it's such the thing the thing about that episode is it's such a it's so bittersweet because I wish we got more of Capaldi and Alex Kingston because they are, they have their own special kind of magic together. Yes. They do. Um, and it's just such, it's so gorgeous. Um, and then world enough and time, uh, and the doctor falls, uh, are two. Ooh. They're really there. I think uh, one thing that I, I have a big issue with those episodes, they're incredible episodes, but my big issue is the, the end to Bill's story. um, and again, spoilers, but like, we haven't we haven't really talked specifically about how important it is that Bill was there, not only being another uh, companion of color, but also being a queer companion, um, being oh. gay. And I think having, and she is so important, um, and she was so short-lived, she only was here for one series, and then her story ended, and I like, have to stress the spoilers, spoilers, by having her identity stripped from her is one of the most horrific ends to a character I think the series has has shown us and I think it's so sad that it happened to their like queer companion. And they gave her this like bittersweet kind of happy ending um in spirit with her crush, but it was still just horrific um because of the nature of how the Cybermen strip a person mm-hmm. of who they are.
0: Oh, just for Bill! Just for Bill! Well, our final doctor Yo, we will discuss. So I,
1: I only have one. Sorry, um, you're 100 percent right. I would say for the old, for the very old uh, um, soul listeners out there, don't mess with Bill. Um, for anyone who owns a record player, hope you got that reference. Uh, and I would only add, uh, I would only add the um, the uh, 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 Robin Hood episode. That's oh, Roboter um,
3: Robin Sherwood, yeah
1: yeah that that one's another that one's a really good lore like what is this doc i think it's a very good what is this doctor going to be episode uh that's it
0: All right, now moving to the 13th Doctor. Series 11, 12, 13. A new Doctor and a new showrunner as Chris Chibnall takes over as the Doctor has regenerated. Now as a woman, played by Jodie Whittaker, joining the Doctor are three new travel companions, Graham O'Brien, Ryan, Sinclair and Yasmin Khan, as she searches for her lost artists. In season 12, we ah. need a new incarnation of the Master, played by Sasha Dewan, the return of Jack Harkness, and the secret of the timeless child. For season 13, Ryan and Graham have left and are replaced by... Dan Lewis is the Doctor, Yaz, and Dan navigated universe-ending anomaly called The Flux. Did we really need Dan? No, we didn't. Um, we'll talk about that shortly. All right, we have Jodie Whittaker here. <laughs> Graham O'Brien played by Bradley Walsh, Ryan Sinclair by Toast and Cole, Yasmin Khan played by Mandeep Gill, Dan Lewis played by John Bishop, some famous faces include Sharon D. Clark is Graham's wife who... No, they did that. That was a big surprise. Oh. Murder very quickly. Uh, Alan, Cumming, Mark, Addy, Brett Goldstein, Chris Noth, and Aisling B. All right, Jody Whitaker. There were a lot of people who were not thrilled. A woman as the Doctor. How dare they? But you know what? That's not the problem. If it had, mm-hmm. if they had better writing, things would be better. That's exactly. Yeah. That's the problem.
3: Well, I, like- I when I was mm-hmm. when I was rewatching when I finally caught up with series like. Um, what, was it? what series was it? Series 10. There was like, me- there was moments in it where I was like, when did they decide that they were cast? When, when did Jodie Whittaker get decide to be cast? Because there were moments when I was watching the series where it felt like they were hinting that the next regeneration would be female. Like, there were just moments watching it, like, I don't know if they were, like, seeds planted in so when it happened, you were like, oh. But no, having, like, already know what was going to be the outcome, I was watching and was like, okay. And I think, I don't know if they were like, "Misty will be a test run." Being like, "We're gonna do it for the the master could do it, the doctor could do it." Obviously, no. That
1: energy between the energy between the master and the and the doctor is giving oh, everything. That's Everything. <laughs> You're like,
3: mm-hmm. um, but because there was that moment too. I think in uh, one of the seasons, one of the-, the towards the end of one of the seasons, where you have uh, a time lord gets shot. And is regenerated from male to female, so it was one of the things being like, "Oh, it can be done." Maybe that the doctor was just one of the. Maybe the doctor just never decided to do that. Where it's like, "Oh, I'm 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 happy being a boy. I don't want to be a girl. I don't I don't know if that's how 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 much like you know when they how much control they have when the regeneration energy is like overflowing through them." But yeah, it's like I I do feel like the biggest pratfall for this the most recent incarnation of who is. Ch- what's his name, Ch- Ch- Chim,
0: Chim-
3: Chimbal? Oh. Chimble. I think he tried to do so much and try- he like, he essentially was trying to retcon the universe so I'm like going, you don't need to do all that. He threw in too much where I think that was the problem. Like, Whitaker as a doctor, she was fine for me. She's not one of so my favorites, fine. but I was like, I didn't mind watching her on screen. I liked how she interacted with her and Yaz's relationship was great. I loved Graham. I loved Ryan, the fugitive doctor being introduced. I think the only good thing is he introduced her. Cause I think she's fucking fabulous and amazing. And there are some good stories in his run, but I think he tried, he, I think he tried to be like, look at me, look what I can do. And it just didn't work. And I think that's, so it's like the writing of this modern era of this most recent era there was nothing that anyone could do because it just wasn't strongly there wasn't a strong base to build anything on
0: so you you basically have a, <clears throat> your first female doctor and then you're like you know what she needs three companions to fill up the time yeah and you have this the first start with graham and ryan in this beautiful relationship that they bond over the loss. And then Yasmin's still there. Yeah. And then you finally get to see Yaz have this time. And rather than let Yaz have solo time, knowing this was going to be the last season with them, they throw in Dan. And I'm I'm I will stand by it. I think Dan, you cut him out. You still would have had um a great season if you allowed the doctor and Yaz to just blossom. Um, obviously, we're gonna talk about that last episode and the will they won't they and the heart-wrenching um ending there but yeah i I think the writing and the storytelling was really difficult and we'll talk about the notable episodes and everything but it felt like chibnall was also trying to make it after school specials and give you history lessons in places that you didn't necessarily need it i mean notably rosa i mean
1: you're gonna say you're gonna say you're gonna say go ahead go ahead go ahead do it
0: it was it's hard to watch yeah um he, he was not the right person to be writing them Who wants I, to kick us off? Go ahead. I,
2: I I um I got to listen to the man um at Gallifrey and you know he's a very smart individual and like credit where credit is due, he did manage to do a lot of really amazing things. Um and I don't want to let my displeasure with the season's writings um, discredit him as an artist. Um, because he is a very talented individual, but I will say I I there are a lot of d- decisions with this series that I really didn't like. Dan was a huge one. I like him as a character, but we didn't need him there. And the, uh, the school specials, as you put it, um, I will, I, you know, I will say I am not the person who can comment on the validity or accuracy or um, importance of those episodes. But I will say um, demons of the Punjab uh, specifically, um, and I, I, I mean, I personally enjoyed the Rosa episode, but um, I, I watched Demons of the Punjab around the same time as I was watching Ms. Marvel. Uh, and both shows introduced the, um, the, uh, the partition and all the uh, historical
0: mm-hmm.
2: ins and outs of that, that, incredi- that incredibly horrible event that happened in human history. Um, and that prior to the, prior to this show and Ms. Marvel, that was a completely foreign thing to me. I had no idea that partition had even happened because I lived a sheltered life. And it took me a really long time to, to become privy to a lot of things. So while I don't know if it was necessarily necessary, there are people who aren't exposed or taught about um, certain things like that that are a part of world history that might not have even known about it had it not been for this show
0: absolutely yeah that's that's legit a hundred
1: 110 but but also i mean i i believe correct me if i'm wrong but it's it's the second her second episode is is the rosa parks episode is that am i not wrong three but yeah it was the second
3: yeah it was the third one yeah
1: Fine, six of one, half a dozen, but like it, but it's like, <laughs> dude, yeah, and the and the message of it is, the, the, I mean, let us remember that the message of that episode is you have to sit and watch the the message really of is to be like, right, there are some things that we 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 can't change, we will not change. You have to sit there and let the horrible thing happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you, you on one side, yeah, well, you're drawing attention to something, but on the other side, you're like, listen. We sat there and watched, yep. We're like we and um, and I and yeah. I mean, I, let me let me just say that like uh, this is my least rewatched uh, of all of the season of of anyone's run. Um, so I probably owe it another go. But I think my difference between how much I love the companions and how much I dislike the Doctor, which again is has nothing to do with the actor being the Doctor. It is a hundred percent the writing uh is there's no there's no bigger difference in any in any of the series for me because i'm like why like will you let the honestly i'm like let the doctor cook like the doctor is amazing she's amazing (laughs) let her go be awesome and it's like nope we got like we got to share it with four other people and this and you're like why why are we doing this what's what are we doing when there's they're amazing let Mm -hmm. them just go be like let them go be the badass i mean well also why are we trying to solve all the problems in one go? You're like, all right, we finally got our first female doctor. And in in the third episode, you're like, and now we're going to solve racism. Like, bro, wait, <laughs> what? what? Yeah. Calm down. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. I think and, and, what okay. could have helped, what could have helped would have been if she just had one, either it be Ryan or Yaz. Like she met them all in the first adventure uh, in that first episode where they all help her out. Um, but it should have been one of them saying, I want to travel with you on this. I want to explore the world because then you would have gotten a lot more of the dynamic you've gotten. You would have been able to see Whitaker kind of cook as the doctor. Um, I I do think she gets better or the writing allows her to do a little bit more the the as it gets closer to the end of her time. But like that first season, they, they were, they did too much with not enough, like with not enough um, room.
1: They hadn't earned it yet. Right. Yeah,
3: they, it was like it was like I think it was one of the things being like the showrunner had written a couple episodes here and there, and I think he want I think it was a thing being like he wanted to go big when I think he should have started small and like let it naturally grow because I do feel the last season being only six episodes and having that overall flux arc I think felt stronger having it be a like a straightforward thing because I liked that was like little mysteries that were coming together unwinding. I felt that had a stronger um um cohesion uh, than having the full season where it was like leading up to this with like little episodes here and there. um yeah, so over yeah, so I felt I felt like he wasn't he's not my favorite showrunner uh not my favorite writer uh, but it's like there are highlights in this, but overall was like, The most recent eras kind of was is like you know it's just not it's not the it's not the best. Maybe on a rewatch, I might like see things and be like, oh, okay, I like it. But I think the biggest thing is he tried to change a lot of the lore that felt unearned. I think I think that's what it is. I think he, especially with the introduced the introduced the timeless child was one thing, but then kind of like just kind of changing Doctor Who on its head um, with the that she's had multiple regenerations that she doesn't know about and that there've been like that the 12 regeneration and the fact that she's not even from Gallifrey, she was found on a planet and like, and like Gallifreyans are based on, on her blood. It's, it's just a lot of stuff where it's like the lore of doctor who got changed in series 12. And it did feel like, I, I don't, I don't think he was earned. I think that's what I think that's, I think that's where a lot of fans were like, Mm, this is kind of leaving a bad taste in my mouth like it's an interesting concept but i think this would have been something that like maybe started in if he started in like his first season and it built up through three seasons leading up to some something it might have been like okay we can see it but the fact it was like introduced in like two episodes and then by episode five we had like a big reveal and you're like okay okay all, all right
0: yeah, my my suggestion if people want to watch the thirteenth Doctor, watch it for the actors because the cast is really really dynamic, and the relationships are really dynamic. Um, but yeah, you, you, if you watch the earlier series, then you'll understand why there's such discourse about this specific era. Any notable episodes that we want to continue to throw out there? Besides the Power of the Doctor, come on, that that oh, such that, a great episode. Um, Doctor Circle, so good.
3: I'm also surprised with the power of Doctor that it took that long for them to create a companion circle of, like, past companions to, like, have, like, uh, like an AA-type meeting for them.
0: Yeah, it was really a powerful episode for sure. Mm-hmm.
3: Um I think for me... um the notable episodes for uh, season eleven, I really like Witchfinders, which was like kind of like a Salem witch uh, type type of uh, episode, uh, where they're where they're like um, uh, that was an interesting one. I did like the spy the Spyfall episodes, and the entire time I was mm-hmm. singing Skyfall mm-hmm. as Spyfall, um, the Fugitive of the Judoon, where we got to meet the Fugitive Doctor, uh, and then Haunting the Villa. Dia Tanti, I think it was called. The one where it was like um the lone Cyberman coming back, and that was a kind of like a the supernaturally type of ghost story. Um and I would say uh, the Christmas special Eve of the Dialects where they're like resetting time. Um I thought that episode was was really fun.
1: Is the, is that the Cyberman episode where they have a really touching tribute to the general, like old who tribute, general no no which one never mind uh uh with the lone cyberman because there is a there is a cyberman episode that really ties in to the general the general uh of unit from previous old who uh and then like their daughter is taken on and it's not that there's he comes up twice that the daughter is uh leading unit again um and there's like a little bit there's like a, a little bit of a tribute to him and i was like oh that's really sweet I, I think that might have roommate. happened.
3: I think that might have happened during flux, because she because she was brought back in during that. Um, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then I, uh, I mean, for me, then I'd be like, I'm watch your first episode, of course, because the first episode with the new doctor mm-hmm. is always gold. Um, and I, yeah, no, that's it. I'm good. That's it. <laughs> I was gonna be like, I was gonna be like, no, watch the Rosa Parks episode. I'm like, you know what? Don't. Don't don't do it. It's
3: okay. I will say also to the the villains of the of season thirteen, Swarm and Allure. I thought their concept, they look their design was so cool. It was like hell. It was like very hellraiser y, but glamour. Um, with the way they had the crystals on their head, I, I just like their design. And, I, and whoever the actor was who was uh, doing uh, who was Swarm. His voice was like every time he was on screen, I was like, Yes, yes, I know. You can <laughs> you can, you can evaporate me into nothing, but you just like you just sound like butter. It's like, oh. I liked Daniel, I liked him. Me. He was he was a he was a fun villain.
0: Daniel, you have any episodes to throw in there?
3: Oh, um
2: Yes. Um so the hottest take of hottest takes. I liked the Timeless Children um i have a i have a special i have, only because i have a special connection to the episode because when i was in my early days of exploring who i watched that episode uh live with live commentary from some of the people who worked on it um at gallifrey uh and it was uh very fascinating to hear like the thought process that went into that episode um although i don't care for the doctor not being of gallifrey but i uh but I did like the idea that there's this infinite amount of regenerations that that can be explored in the future because I always thought the idea of only having twelve regenerations or however many it was in like the time of Matt Smith and Capaldi who felt very limiting. Um, so I like that that's expanded to a point where you know the show can go anywhere at once. Um, also, I will say the power of the Doctor it, it has a soft spot in my heart because it's the first and only episode. Of the entirety of Doctor Who that I watched with the rest of the world, as it aired, um, so it was. I love it so much because um, the end, the completion of Yazan and the Doctor's relationship is so heartbreaking, but so like raw and real. Um, and I think their relationship is wonderful, and I love, 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 love Sasha as the Master. Um, I have a big stupid poster of him that I got signed, um, but I like I love him so much. So watching him uh, in that special culminates uh, some of the Doctor's biggest villains together, and then dance the Rasputin is just <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> the I'm
3: one sorry. thing I will say is because I rewatched Missy's last episode because I was like, did she regenerate, or how how it ended because she was seen. It was her with her previous incarnation, which was the season three master. And he's like, I regenerate to you. And there's so she says something where it's like, it was always going to lead to this. We were always going to stand with the doctor. And it's like where she was at the end of her regeneration. And then where we meet Sasha's uh, master. I, the one thing I want, I want to, I want to, that's the one thing I want to know is what, what, what clicked in him from being, able to stand with the doctor in his last incarnation to wanting to destroy her and I know it was might have been the whole timeless child thing but I, it just felt like that was too much of a switch in my mind to be to like to move the character um, I know he's kind of always been a little crazy cuckoo but I for me it's like that's one of those things where I'm like that's one of those things I want answered is just like that the, from when he changed from Missy to him was it going back to Gallifrey and finding the secrets that made him resent the doctor, because it never, it didn't feel like that carried, or or maybe that was the intention, but I never really got that intention. Uh, It never really came across clearly to me.
0: All right, to wrap this up, I'm going to share what we know for future Who, and I want everyone to give predictions of what might happen and how you might feel about what we're going to see. So we do know the 14th Doctor is the return of David Tennant, Donna Noble will be re- returning, and Donna's got a daughter named Rose Noble, played by the fabulous Yasmin Finney. There will be a villain, uh, the toy Master, played by the um, sometimes fabulous Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> After he hands off and regenerates, we will get our 15th Doctor, played by the incomparable Shidi with companion That's... Ruby Got uh, a... Godway, you're right. Um, and famous faces include Jinx Monsoon, Jonathan Groff, Nicola Coughlin, among others. Let's see what we're going to get from 14 to 15. But I'm just going to say, my prediction is I think we're all going to be very, very excited until someone makes us all very, very sad and cry. You know he's <laughs> going to be mean. You know it. Because I, I, I um responded to a photo he posted and i was like you're gonna make uh, you're not gonna be nice to us and he liked it so i i think um i'm not fe- i'm not i'm fearful for Donna. I'm a little fearful.
3: you know what I, I, <laughs> I don't even say those words i'll so put that into my into my subconsciousness um the fact that we have Spontoon and jonathan groff i'm like oh, could we get a doctor who musical episode because we haven't had that that'd be fun
1: Oh, get, shout out to Neil Patrick Harris and uh, Doctor Horrible sing along blog. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: yes, yes, yes.
3: Hey, even uh, even yeah. he voiced the Music Meister in a Batman Brave and the Bold musical episode. That is amazing. It's so much fun. So much
1: fun.
0: Anthony, I really hope.
1: Okay. Hmm. What? mean, Um. Prediction. I mean, my prediction is uh, everyone's gonna be really angry at a black doctor
0: he's such a good actor (laughs) he's amazing
1: amazing and and i mean look let's hope that they do better like like minorities to minorities i hope that they do better than they did by jody but i feel like the the idea of like look at what i can do is still really strong and i'm like can but can you just like let your let your badass actor cook um, well, but I also think, I
3: think- he, since Davies is show running again, I think he has a better I, I think he will allow more cooking. He'll, he'll let the pots boil longer than I think shouldn't than the last one who I felt really just wanted to be like, look what I can do. I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. Um, so I feel like Davies, you know, I think he, he I think he's a good he I think the show's in good hands with him back because I think he will allow um, his characters to evolve.
0: No predictions feelings
2: um i hadn't considered that jinx might be the master but now i'm really pulling for that and now i'm gonna be sad if it's not true so i'm gonna blame you for that Um.
3: (laughs) but if it's a musical episode that will make up for it
2: (laughs) that you know that musical episode will make up for it i just here's my thing i love donna so much and the end of her story was so sad I just want her to be able, even if the end of her story is sad, even if she like dies. I just want her to remember her adventure. everything. That's, that's the one that's thing. I, just, I, that's I, I
1: want, want you to be the writer for. I want you to be the writer on this guy. I, I agree. I, I think
0: you're 100 <laughs> right.
3: Well, the thing is, like when they did the first trailer and that line of her saying, "Like I feel like there's something missing. Like I had something wonderful and it's gone." I was like. You did, girl. You were the most important. You were like the most important woman in the universe. Come on, you saved the galaxy. She's just, the Doctor she's so Donna, oh.
2: and they're so good together. The Doctor Donna is just so wonderful. Um, so I just want a satisfying end to her story. Um, and I just want Jinx Monsoon to be great. But I, everything about everything about the casting for a future who has been getting me very excited. Um, I forget the actress's name already. Is it uh for for Donna's daughter?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh Yasmin Finney.
2: Thank you. Yes, Yasmin Finney. She's wonderful on um Heartstopper. Yes. And I love her to death. So I'm um she's uh, so I'm so excited to see her. I'm so excited to see Donna back. I mean, uh Neil Patrick Harris is, is fun. Um but Jonathan Groth and Jinx Monsoon are gonna be wonderful. And Shuti Gatwa is best ken. And I cannot wait. <laughs> for him to come back and for him to do his thing because he is so amazing. He has so much capability and you see what he can do in sex education. Um and you can see him be funny and fun in the Barbie movie. He can do everything you need the doctor to do. So I'm very very excited to see him. And I'm so sad because he is going to suffer so much like the stuff that that um Jody went through but a different kind of Of struggle, and I just hope upon hope with Russell T Davis at the helm that he can get the quality um, that he needs to 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 let him shine because he is so wonderful.
0: Well, we can only promote and 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 bring kindness and and make sure anyone who is trying to bring him down take him down. I think it, it, he's going to be amazing, and I'm excited for him. And you know what? This was a great podcast, and I'm very thankful for the three of you for joining me. So, where can the listeners find y'all on social media? Then Mo and any projects you want to plug. Let's go in alphabetical order. Anthony.
1: Ooh, I'm first. Uh, you can find me at the uh, the social media that does exactly what it says on the tin. That's a black actor as. At- <laughs> all the things. Find me on the Gram, find me wherever. I know, it does exactly what it says. Uh, I'm going to be working on, uh, I'm doing Antigone right now uh, in New York. I'll be working on an adaptation of any of the enemy of the people in February. Um, Also in New York and uh, yeah, doing all the things. So you know, come follow me, holler at your boy and know that I am active in social justice issues. So if you're not into that, you will be disappointed.
2: Okay, love you. Daniel. Um, You can find me at House of Burn on Instagram, TikTok, and Blue Sky at H-A-U-S-O-F-B-Y-R-N-E. I do lots of cosplay. Um, I do lots of singing. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but generally the last Tuesday of every month, I perform in Tustin at Improv City with OC Cabaret often, Um, so you can find me there a lot. Uh, Other than that, uh, just look out for my next cosplay, whatever that ends up being.
0: (laughs) And Precious. Uh,
3: You can find me on Instagram at Harry is Precious as Harry, uh, Venmo is Precious Envy. Uh, If if you're in New York City, um, I don't have anything lined up until next month where Monday, December 18th. I will be doing my annual We're All Misfits, the Precious Envy Gay show. Uh, at you know the one the one bar that treats me well rock bar
0: <laughs> there it is well thank you all for being here you got me super excited and mm-hmm. ready for the next episodes
3: mm. and i found that video i'll post it in the chat uh that i was talking about earlier
0: please do you guys, you guys will
1: love it you're going to you'll, you'll be laughing it's such a good video and thank, well, thank you all thank you Y'all made me Yo, feel ben. like really excited in a way. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many I got to reconnect <laughs> with my with my geekdom for for who. So thank you, Whovians, for being amazing.
0: Yeah. Thank you all for also going over my expected time. But listen, when you love something so much, mm-hmm. you, you can't stop talking about it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm.